This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hi everyone, Andrew Apanov here, and this is a new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. We haven't been live for as long as two weeks, but uh, catching up now and um, got a lot of great episodes planned for the near future. But right now we have an interview with James Moore here. It's a special one for me because James was um, one of few uh, people who I interviewed for my very first podcast uh, several years back. No one knows about it because it was just a little experimental for it's um, still available on my personal SoundCloud page and now I interviewed James again and I must say that this chat is packed with great advice on publicity, on getting press for your music. I try to keep it uh, brief and uh, focused and uh, after the conversation that you will be able to uh, hear right now, I will uh, uh, sum, sum it up and uh, list key five tips that James provided in this conversation. I hope you find it val- valuable, a lot of great insights for PR. Thank you and enjoy our interview right now. Hello, James. It's really great to have you on this show uh, again or rather on the new show again because i interviewed you a couple of years back for my old podcast how are you doing i'm doing great thanks so much for having me andrew it's a real pleasure and uh it's yeah so there is a number of reasons why it's so great to talk to you now and uh one of them is that you've got a new edition of the book out and i know that a lot is uh happening with your agency but first of all can you Tell our listeners a little bit on uh, how you've been involved in the music industry. Yes, I am basically, I act as a publicist or an independent promoter. I started off doing what I do on a freelance level, working with local artists in Calgary, Canada. I took my findings over the years from that and I put it into my first edition of the book, Your Band is a Virus. The whole goal of that book was to provide a more DIY mentality and more from a musician's perspective as far as how to promote yourself on a basic level with the main topic being how to get press about yourself, how to get reviews, how to convince people to write about you. So I released that and musicians started to relate to it. And from there, I decided to launch my own company that would focus on the actual delivery of press, which was something I found lacking in PR. So I launched independent music promotions uh, in 2011. And from there, it's been just an amazing ride. Independent music promotions has grown significantly. And in late 2012, I released an expanded edition of The Urban of the Virus, which showed a lot more of what I learned on the path and was as comprehensive as I could make it. Since then, it's been a whole lot of work on independent music promotions. And what we do is essentially try to build the artists that we choose to work with, which our niche is music with depth. We try to build our artists' resumes as much as possible. And part of that is making sure that they get a lot of press. That is something that I find 
in a lot of PR, there's a hope it sticks to the wall mentality. But, you know, we find that it, you really need to have strong partnerships and relationships and only accept a certain quality of artist in order to ensure that you get press. So that's really the core of our business. Mm-hmm. And we do provide with other things uh, such as hyper-targeted advertising and consulting our artists. But uh, press is at the core. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what I do. Yeah. And so book-wise, any plans on uh, releasing a new edition sometime soon? I would like to release a new edition. It would likely be a, another book. The only re- reason I released the first new edition is because you know, I felt it was worthwhile because it, it was over double the length of the first one. I had a whole lot of new information. But generally, I don't think I'd like to do another edition of your band as a virus just because you know, I think the first one is... For what it is, it's comprehensive enough. And if I were to release something new, it would probably be a new book with completely, you know, modern, you know, technologies and new techniques for artists so that there's no repetition and it's worthwhile for them. Now, that's not on the horizon overly soon, uh, just because in the last, as I said, in the last 12 to 18 months, uh, independent music promotions have really taken off a lot of word of mouth from artists. And... I'm focusing as much as possible on the day-to-day, trying to work with as many artists that I inspired by as possible. Mm-hmm. Clear. But still, I mean, I will be looking forward to the new book whenever it's written and uh, is out. I'm sure it will be very interesting. And uh, even like, yeah, yeah your, your band, band is a virus, uh, is worth a read for sure by anyone right now. So it contains a lot of great insights. That's, uh, yeah, we hear like a lot. And your focus on PR is uh, definitely very interesting to me. And it's something that musicians are always interested in, getting more press and uh, publications and interviews and so on. And these days, in your opinion, is uh, the music blogs uh, as uh, powerful and important in the overall marketing campaign for artists? Or do you think that there is uh, any kind of a shift in importance of music press? I think so, yeah. I mean, as far as the importance of, you know, the different areas, I think they're constantly shifting. And I always advise artists to uh, compartmentalize their efforts. So, you know, for example, you know, learning... Uh, learning how to seek music licensing or learning how to approach music festivals, getting involved with pitching record labels, trying to get on the the good side of DJs personally or reaching out to radio promotion and music PR, approaching music blogs. These are all separate genres of knowledge that I think should be compartmentalized. Uh, Sometimes artists will have a very strong understanding. They'll be able to learn about it, you know, through articles, through courses, through music business books, and they'll be able to master it and do it themselves in categories where they find it's not ideal that they do that, they should be outsourced uh, mm-hmm. to someone specifically knowledgeable in that area. I think that's critical. As far as you know, music blogs losing some of their juice or some of their influence, I think that there's some truth to that. A lot of people are getting their music in a segregated way. Like some people get all of their music through RDO or through through Spotify and they search less for, you know, recommendations of tastemakers, things like that. That being said, I think that there's really something to be said for working your press and also working your accolades. Everything that you achieve, like say you get a post 
from you know Consequence of Sound or an influential blog, Guitar World or something like that. If you rest on your laurels, all that that's going to be is you know a very positive notch in Google when people search you. But you know I've found that, and this is kind of counterintuitive for a lot of artists because they feel that landing that piece of press is a big victory, and okay, now I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to wait for all the Facebook likes. I'm going to wait for the new audience. But what I tend to recommend is that you work that piece. That's part of your, you need to invest in it. So take the actual piece, whether it's on DJ Magazine or, or Guitar World, take that piece and then you, using hyper-targeted uh, techniques, advertise that. Uh, so say if it was DJ Magazine, use that piece through Facebook, possibly through Google AdWords, and you can actually advertise to followers of DJ Magazine, target particular DJs or artists that are very similar to you where their audience may be immediately impressed by that company's name recommending you. So, I mean, to put it simply, I think that you should make the most out of companies that appear to give their endorsement. It really needs to be worked. Right. Great points. Actually, really practical advice. And I think you can also, yeah, I think it's worth recommending some musicians to uh, invest in the actual interviews if uh, someone ever wants to do an interview with them because uh, I've seen many examples and so back at my ultimate guitar years seen where like artists are really happy about securing an interview but they don't uh, put a lot of effort into providing interesting replies to the journalist and making the piece interesting to a reader because if people uh, don't engage with uh, the article even from a Google perspective, they may if people leave the page uh, very soon after landing on it, it will not be ranking high in search results and so on. So it's, there is a number of reasons why it's important to make sure that uh, the piece is interesting if it somehow relates. I mean, if you can affect this somehow, I guess, yeah, this is just my two cents. But yeah, this one, I, I totally agree with that, yeah. And I mean, this. I think I will steal this technique from you if you don't mind. <laughs> and this is a general uh, thought that I just had. They, like, it's really great to talk about PR and how to do it yourself and educating musicians. Because first of all, it's like we as professionals we win if uh, musicians do it right. So music blogs and journalists maybe not so much pissed off by poor inquiries uh, coming from musicians. So it's good for everyone if artists understand how to do it right and. If artists actually learn to do PR themselves, I think after realizing how hard it is to establish this relationship with press and so on, they will very willing to outsource to a PR agency and they will understand where the costs come from, for example, because it's not just about knowing how to do things, but it's also, as you mentioned earlier, and that I really liked about establishing these relationships with press. From your experience, how much time does it take to to get uh, a good contact at a high-tier publication, for example, like a magazine and a music blog. Because if you, you don't have any contacts there and you start with a cold pitch for a really good band, but it yeah. doesn't guarantee you anything. So how much time does it usually take? Uh, well, that's a tough question because a lot of a major factor in securing these contacts is not so much to do with the time in communicating with them, but a lot of it has to do with the amount of time it actually takes to build a large following yourself. And that gives you 
more leverage when you do communicate with these people. You know, for example, you know, if you're a label or a PR company or a, you know a business of any kind, it can be much easier to secure uh, contacts, whether it be the head of you know an influential music site or whether it be an individual writer, because you know they check you out, and if they know that you have a large following, and possibly if there's going to be cross promotion for them, or if there's going to be some sort of you know positive back and forth, you're much more likely to secure a long-term relationship. Then you know often when artists are doing their own outreach, it can amount to a type of cold calling. You know, as if they're door knocking. Often they're not perceived to have you know as much to offer as far as cross promotion. Of course, it's a big benefit to artists when they have built an engaged fan base and they do promote the writers who promote them and they promote posts and things like that. But um, it's really, I would say, it's a whole lot of groundwork into building yourself to make yourself appealing when you engage these relationships. That's a great point, and it really makes sense. And it relates to one question that I get asked a lot lately, and uh, yeah. it's it's about the actual outreach, and not only to press, but also, as you mentioned, to labels and uh, maybe music promoters and so on. But yeah. maybe you can give some tips on two things here. One, how to craft an email uh, to uh, catch attention of the person, maybe just a few tips. And uh, the second thing is, what exactly to offer? Because uh, let me assume that by default, music bloggers are not interested in that brand new EP or single from an unknown band. So you need to interest the person with something. Do Can you give some tips on these two directions, how to craft a pitch and what kind of offer to prepare, maybe with some examples? Yeah, absolutely. You know, once again, it's going to be different tactics for an artist doing it themselves which is going to be more personal. There's going to be different elements than, say, a company reaching out, which is going to be possibly a little more tactical. So with artists, you know, a lot of things that I've been impressed by is a shorter pitch, something that is quick to take in psychologically, very personal. What you want to do often that I've found is really effective is ask for advice, don't ask for help. If you ask for help, right away. It's kind of ironic, but a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction is of resistance. Mm -hmm. But I find that if you ask for advice in a humble way, then they're more likely to get back to you offering some advice. And once again, kind of ironically, through that humble asking for advice, more people in a position to help you are actually going to go out of their way to not only provide the advice, but to provide uh, contacts and you know, they want to help you get a leg up or get that next step. So, I mean, it's been, for me, getting contacted personally, there's a drastic difference between an artist who is saying, you know, we want a review on your site, we want an interview, here's what we're about, here's all our accolades, essentially why you should be covering us. So, uh, a really good example of this I have right in front of me, a hip-hop group got a hold of me. Uh, essentially what they said is, we're Black Mass Nation. We're a compiled hip-hop group from Hamden, Connecticut. We've been working hard and recently released our first project. They gave me the download link right away. This is after introducing themselves. We are very hard-working, self-promoting, self-managed, and self-motivated artists just looking to expand our music audience and our network, and we believe you could help us do so. 
We would love it if you would review our music submission via the links provided and please give us feedback. So notice that they're not actually asking for a review. Mm -hmm. They're not demanding anything. I think it's very important that here they're just they're saying, please give us feedback. Then they move on to say, if it interests you, we would love it if you could possibly share our project. Once again, they gave me the streaming link and please give us feedback. We just want to improve. Thank you so much. Uh, and they also gave some personal comments about you know, myself and my site. Anyhow, their simple approach came across to me as communicating their dedication and simply just wanting uh, to take in. It was very positive. So right away, we set up a review and uh, we promoted it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that there's really something to be said for that kind of communication. Simple and positive uh, if you're doing it yourself. And don't just go through the main channels as well. Be personal with individual writers, individual bloggers, because everyone tries to go through the front door. Yeah, well, I mean, great advice. And I really appreciate you reading this example because oftentimes one good example recommended by a specialist, a professional like you, it can say more than just talking about it generally. It's a really good one. And maybe it's like still going back to the question, some ideas on... Uh, Okay, so on what to mention, but you mentioned something already right here. So the band just asked for phone advice in a way. But if you're looking for something very specific, so can you list yeah. the things that interest press more? So press is interested in traffic back to their blog post. Probably press is interested in exclusive, right? Exactly. I, actually, I was just going to mention that. I think it's a really smart thing for artists when they can, to think about in their recording process, bookmarking a lot of potential exclusive content. So this could be, of course, remixes. It could be, you know, B-sides and unreleased songs. Uh, you could actually plan your album releases in this way. So keeping the stream of the album private and kind of, uh, you know, releasing an exclusive of each track, you know, one by one on different significant blogs. But, I mean, I would recommend doing a lot of, you know, alternate versions, live takes, a whole lot of remixes, a lot of different interpretations, so that you can just constantly do exclusive content. Mm -hmm. And then part of making those exclusives, you know, enticing is, once again, we go back to the beginning of having an audience built yourself, you know, which mm -hmm. you can do organically through advertising. There's, there's lots of ways to do that. But it's very important that when you approach these places, that, you know, the exclusive is enticing for them, meaning you're going to be directing your fans to that place because that's the one and only place that they're going to hear this track. So ideally, if you can bookmark, you know, the more songs, the better. If you have an arsenal mm -hmm. of 20, 30 tracks that uh, are not out there, exclusives can really be a huge way for you to promote yourself. Yeah, interesting. I mean, th that's a great point. I like how this interview is being built up. I mean, it's uh, you can just do a, a huge blog post, a mini ebook on just on the topic of uh, how to reach out of, of your insights. So awesome. Just a couple more questions, if you don't mind, in the same theme, because I just really like listening to you here. And uh, do you have experience with some music discovery platforms and targeting specifically platforms that share new talents? Usually they're editorially driven, but maybe you have some success with, um, I don't know, maybe even Hype Machine, although it obviously aggregates content from different blogs or, I don't know, 
61 or just something niche. So do you have any experience with working with music discovery platforms, independent music discovery platforms, I would say? Yeah, I mean, music platforms generally tend to be, you know, less working directly with PR and mostly something that, you know, in artist due diligence, they want to, I would think, sign up for as many as possible. Right. Because, you know, once again, compartmentalizing your promotion, some artists are against certain platforms because, you know, they don't provide as much uh, of an income stream. I think it's important to see it, them all as equal in a way because, once again, uh, there may be a particular music platform that a music listener exclusively listens to. So if you're not on there, you're out of luck. One idea that I really like, that's not so much a music platform, but, you know, an idea uh, for artists is that there's a company called Torpedo Media that they do music discovery through torrent bundles. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I think, is a unique idea, particularly because it's something that a lot of artists are against. But, you know, music listeners who get their music in this way often tend to be much more dedicated music fans, you know, really into music because they can't find another way to do it this way. So basically, you know, essentially what that company does, they set up torrent bundles for artists and they advertise directly to, you know, on torrent sites to torrent users. And the the bundle can be uh, basically just to entice them to get into you, to get on board with your band and, you know, even possibly buy your other material. So it could be, once again, your exclusive content, your live versions, your remixes, and a few singles, as well as you know, bonus content in the bundle, like videos and, and artwork. That's an example of just a, you know, an outside-the-box thing that I recommend to artists. But as far as uh, you know, music discovery, there's a lot, really, for both the music directly and for uh, artists to look into music video apps, uh, such as FDRMX, a really good one who I've worked with uh, consistently. And they've built quite a significant audience, you know, just by promoting uh, independent artist videos. And now they tend to like working with artists once again who have, you know, built a bit of a following for themselves. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, interesting uh, specific advices. Once again, I really appreciate that you share something that can be implemented right away. So if there is someone listening to this, you can even try something that's something new, uh, something that hasn't been done by others. And I think it's also one of the goals of uh, musicians that want to really stand out and do something uh, interesting and be noticed. It's really finding the ways that uh, haven't been explored too actively just yet. So obviously you want to appear on the music blogs uh, that cover artists in uh, the same genre, but finding some other publications that don't usually talk about music, but they cover the same interest that you share as an act, uh, may be a good idea. So just thinking creatively, I think, is a good idea. And I can imagine you've been trying different interesting approaches to your clients as well. Do you work with a lot of musicians who are not only about music, but who actively push their values and interests and hobbies outside of music and make it a part of their artist identities? Yes, uh, definitely. I think this is a major focus and it's a big benefit to artists who do as well. You know, for example, I guess the main point is that music blogs often, a lot of them, you know, at the top end are going to be receiving 
5,000 or more emails a day. And, you know, you're very lucky to even get perused. You know, you'll, there'll be sometimes an intern just skimming the inbox. So, you know, give yourself a better shot at getting more press and more effective press. It's important to look into the many, many genres who also have these exceptions. Big one being fashion magazines and fashion blogs. They often have huge audiences. And of course, there's a lot of artists that appeal to this demographic. Skateboarding or snowboarding publications, you know, all different kinds, really, general publications, entertainment publications, even gossip ones. Of course, you know, that's only going to be for, each genre is only going to be for certain types of artists. As well, any message that you have, I think you should be scouring your music for what are you about and who do you appeal to. So some of it's going to be political blogs or, you know, counterculture blogs, anti-authoritarian type stuff, more newsworthy. It's really going to be individual to the artist, and that's part of the, the fun, creative process of it. But the main point is that these publications are not getting 10,000 music submissions a day, you're going to stand out more because, first of all, you fit in with their niche. That's what they're looking for. It's not just that you are you fit in with the general music niche because you have a new EP out. That's not very unique. Yeah. But if you have a fashion hook and you get a hold of them, or if your music appeals to snowboarders, you're a certain type of punk band or whatever it is, you can provide them a reason why you fit in with that niche. You know, They may be only getting two or three music submissions a day. And it could be a much bigger publication than you get in, you would think. And I think when you do something like that, you're separating yourself from you know, the massive influx of artists who only do the lazy thing, look up the top 100 most influential music blogs, and spam an email to them. It really makes you stand out when you put in that effort to research your niche. Mm-hmm. That's great. I really like this one. So yeah, thanks, James. I mean, I love all the advices that you've shared. And uh, before we wrap this interview up, do you have any anything uh, else that you'd like to highlight, maybe outside of um, the PR world and the parts of marketing and promotional strategy? Maybe some technological changes uh, of the past months uh, have attracted attention of yours and uh, you would like to highlight a particular thing that artists should pay attention to? Well, I would say... Uh... You know, just once again, going back to my first comment, like this is something that I do. I try to learn about every aspect of the business that is going to affect me or benefit me. So obviously, you know, I can't speak to everything that artists must do because where I'm coming from is, you know, my own business side, benefiting artists, et cetera. But I think that the most important thing for artists to do is to try to make a list of every segment of the industry that they're going to need to cover in order to be successful Mm -hmm. and do their best to learn about all of this, you know, whether general business strategy, you know, music PR, reaching out to radio, uh, music technology and uh, music app, taking advantage of those and anything that they feel that their knowledge or their understanding is not a hundred percent. That's going to be where you're going to need to seek out specialists in that area. And prioritize, but you know, seek out as much as possible. There's going to be a lot you're going to be able to do DIY, but the smartest artists are the ones who, whichever way you do it, DIY or outsourcing, make sure you have 
every area covered and your machine's running. Do it all at the same time. Brilliant. Yeah, I fully agree. And this is really a smart approach. So uh, it's not like we provide some services for musicians and we tell them to blindly just uh, sign up for whatever you have to offer, for example, but just working smart and understanding what exactly you need. And uh, I think understanding how exactly a particular agency or a specialist or a consultant can help you is also very important. So education for musicians in the music business and marketing fields are really is really important. And uh, once again, I really like what you do and uh, will keep following you. Uh, for those uh, listeners who are on the go right now and can check uh, the show notes where I obviously link to all your profiles, can you mention just a couple uh, places where people can uh, learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, the best place to find out more about what I do is independentmusicpromotions.com. Try to be extremely clear and transparent on that site. So in the sections on that site, uh, you're going to see every aspect of, of what we do spelled out. And to get involved with the community, we have quite a large social media community on Facebook. It's our pages at Independent Music Promo. So you can get involved with the conversation there. We're often sharing our own posts and uh, sharing posts from you know other music professionals like yourself. It's basically just about getting musicians together and sharing the knowledge. Yeah, great. And so, yeah, in the book, I guess, or we can uh, just find out more on the same website about Your Band is a Virus? Absolutely, yeah. There's a section for Your Band is a Virus on independentmusicpromotions.com. And uh, for a lot of people, the, you know, the best place ultimately uh, will be on Amazon. Yeah, makes sense. Awesome. So thank you again uh, so much. And uh, I'm sure that this is uh, not the last time we have you here. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so really appreciate all your insights. Thanks so much for having This is it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with James. And as promised, let me list five key takeaways out of uh, this chat, at least in my interpretation. And um, the first one is uh, walk on your pitch, on how you approach any music professional, especially journalist. There was this great tip on asking for an advice and not asking for help. It's, it's a little psychological trick that can do wonders to your uh, PI thoughts. Just uh, approach uh, a music professional or uh, a, a journalist or a blogger with respect and uh, show how you may be interesting to them and uh, don't uh, push them to write about you or do something for you. The second would be work on your offer. If you've got a release, you can break it into several separate pieces and uh, page, uh, the audio, the cover artwork, the story, the video for the release, for example, to different publications as exclusives. The third is uh, do your research and target the right publications that may work really well for you. Uh, think of different uh, music discovery platforms. There are really interesting niche ones and some of them focus on videos, for example, so you can get some really nice features through uh, such platforms. Do your research. The fourth, I would say, is uh, uh, pay attention to uh, your interests and to your hobbies and think on how you 
can approach, uh, for example, lifestyle, media, uh, so they write about you, uh, what you can offer around not just your music, but your interest. This is something that I talk about on the podcast and inside Whispin and the Dotted Music blog all the time, but it really is effective. So niche PR is the fourth advice. And the fifth, I would say, this is what I think you can take away out of this conversation. Learn how to do things yourself. Learn how to uh, do PR, how the music industry works overall. And uh, uh, when you will be ready to scale and when you will have budget to spend on a publicity campaign, for example, you will have... um, better understanding of how it all works and you will be able to find a specialist, a professional who will uh, do the right job for you. You will see how exactly uh, the person or the agency works because you've tried it in the past. I highly recommend you checking out the extended edition of Your Band is a Virus book by James Moore. You can find uh, the link in the show notes, obviously. Uh, Thank you for listening. As a reminder, this podcast is a part of the Whispin Project, which is a music marketing and training community for musicians. You can learn more at wispin.co. Thank you once again and see you and hear you next time. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. Wespin12.